Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi everyone, it's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. I have the delightful Amanda Hart all the way from the UK joining me today. It's early in the morning there, isn't it Amanda? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, bright and early. (laughs) Hi Michelle, hi, how are you? You're doing very well. (laughs) It's 7 o'clock your time, it's 4 o'clock my time. It's a lot easier on me than it is for you, so thanks for joining us. Glad to appreciate it, thank you. Um, and I just wanted to mention to anybody who doesn't know this wonderful, lovely lady who is gracing our screens at the moment, Amanda Hart. Um, Amanda's been an intuitive consultant for over 20 years and she's currently writing a third book in a series on Angels on of Light with Orion Publishing, Angels of Light with Orion Publishing and it's the first of which will be released actually later on this year in December 2018. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about that with you, uh, Amanda, um, and talking about that journey with you and, um, and and maybe we can, I know we've already kind of talked about the guys upstairs a little bit, but we can touch on that as well. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's been, it's been lovely seeing you before and speaking with you before. So thank you for inviting me again. Yeah, and I mean, it's been a while since we spoke because um, the last time we spoke, it was, gosh, it would have been probably early last year, I imagine, um, and you had a lot going on for you and I think you were taking some time out just to take care of yourself with your health and things like that. Um, yes. But I don't I don't remember hearing about the kidney uh, or the meningitis, so yeah, this is new. Actually, this is... Uh, interesting I'd, I'd really like to find out more about that because it's obviously been a bit of a catalyst for a lot of things changing so please feel free to share share a bit about that with the people and me yeah yeah so so the guys upstairs uh, that that was my memoir which came out in 2015 which was an incredible um situation in itself because I wrote that book in in secret so it was it was a huge journey it took me sort of five six years before it was finally published um but that changed me. I think you, you know, you know this, Michelle. You, you know, when you go into a creative space and you start to 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 work with something, uh, you change because you become part of that, and that creative uh, inspiration becomes you. And um, and I guess in a way, I was uh, it was inevitable. I was going to open up and let go of a lot of stuff that had that I mentioned in the guys upstairs. Uh, a lot of my past programming, which I talk about, and uh, you know, which is what I do, I help people to overcome negative programs. Um, but um, I became unwell in 2013. They didn't quite know what it was. They, in the end, after all the tests, put it down to ME. But I, I wasn't convinced. Being intuitive. You know, it's me against the orthodox world, you know, all these lovely scientists and doctors who, you know, know best for us because they they, they see it from a textbook perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt there was something very different. And um, eventually uh, it was last year I ended up in hospital in, in June. Uh, they thought I had kidney stones. And then we found out that my left kidney, um, it had it, it was called hydronephrosis, where the kidney has swollen to such a degree that it's just become a poisonous sac and, and it was no longer filtering. In fact, it had died. And that, wow. and that had happened over a long period of time. It wasn't something that had just happened. So those four years of, of um, you know, lots of, uh, you know, very, very um, debilitating uh, symptoms, which resulted in me losing a business and I had to move out of my home and you know, it was it was pretty chronic. Um, it, 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 in the end, it, we discovered it was this, it was the size of a grapefruit, basically. It was five times the size of my other kidney, but it was a ticking time bomb. It was basically a bag of poison in my body, and we didn't know what, what had caused it or how to, to deal with it. All we knew at that stage was 
this has got to go. But as you know, you know, we're in a system which is um, already overloaded. And I was in the queue to have this kidney removed. Also, you know, all the while becoming ill with continual infections. So they were fighting to keep me here well enough so that they could actually remove it. So um, it was, you know, it was a pretty horrendous time last year. We were just waiting to to have this removed. And finally, um, I had a very bad bout of sepsis um, and they, they had no choice. They had to do an emergency procedure and I had a stent put put into my kidney to try and flood it out of my body, the poison. Um, sorry for all the, <laughs> anyone having no, breakfast for, first thing in the morning. No, uh, it's good because the last time I spoke to you, which was earlier in the year, and you yeah. mentioned to me taking some time out for to to yeah. recuperate, you just felt exhausted and yeah. and the, you know the ME and and everything was like, mm -hmm. oh, it's wearing me out. And now to hear this, like you, yeah. hey, you had something major going on, and if you yeah. hadn't had that sort of intuition that something something's not quite right, and kept questioning yeah. and things like that then, you know, anything could have happened. Um, I definitely wouldn't have been here. And I definitely, if I hadn't made the move, I, I made a drastic decision. I had to come out of the system that I was in in my county and I decided to come to London. It was a radical move. I had to move my children. They're in the middle yeah. of their education. You know what it's like. They're, they're in those teenage years. It's vital that they, they're stable. And we had to make a very, very radical move. And it was mm -hmm. just pure coincidence that I was referred to a specialist who realized yeah. what was going on and he looked after me. He 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 was able to um, get this uh, stent put in and we were able to do the procedure to, to rid the poison out of the body so that I was well enough to then a few weeks later have the kidney removed. Um, My goodness, it just, it just astounds me. Like, yeah. you, you know, it must feel like night and day for you. It was. Like, it, oh, it was. The, it was, it was, I think that this was a metaphorical, um, you know, sort of sign to me. It was definitely a message to me. This was me ridding the poison of the past. And the yeah. miraculous thing was, is that two days later, I'm sitting in bed in my home. I've just come out of hospital. And that's when I got the phone call from Orion Publishers who said, we want to offer you a three book deal. And I burst into tears. It was kind of like, I finally got there. It was it was almost like I just shut one major door and this beautiful bright, you know, doorway opened for me. And that was my new life beginning. So it was, you know, metaphorically, it was just, you know, absolutely timely. Ah, uh, that is incredible. And and just for everybody, uh, I'm gonna add that um Angels of Light. It's called mm -hmm. Angels of Light. I'll just yeah. put that up here so that everybody can see it. Um, and that's by Orion Publishing, and the first book will be out in December. Um, so great to know that that we can anticipate that. And what's the what's the um, uh, the premise of it all? Yeah, what's I yeah. mean, the guy says it's all about your journey of how you developed your psychic abilities as a child through to your adulthood, and, and now yeah. Angels of Light is is a different is a different thing altogether, is it? Yes, yeah. Um, Orion wanted to find a uh, somebody who worked um, very closely with angels, and but they wanted somebody who hadn't learned about it. They did it, you know, it was a natural progression. Some someone who had experienced it all their life, and they wanted someone to write a series of books. So the first is Angels of Light, Embrace Your Truth. Um, the second is about relationships, and the third is about wealth. So it kind of covers all the the subjects that I actually teach and, and, and share with my clients and how I help them. So we kind of, we, it was a, it was good to actually uh, separate them into these particular books because the first book introduces you to working with your angels, opening up and embracing, and it really delves into um, the, you know, the, the, the kind of people that are, are aware of angels, are already working with angels, but want to uh, deepen that connection, or people who've never had any experience. So it's really about people who want to explore. They know something's going on. They perhaps see the synchronicity, perhaps see the signs. So this is a book that takes you through a very simplistic um, set of uh, exercises, um, case studies, you know, client case studies to show how we can uh, broaden our, our connection to them. Because it's really about us changing our vibration so that we match theirs as opposed to trying to 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 you know sort of 
find them and uh, and seek their assistance in the in the world that we're in that's really stepping into that zone of the law of attraction more isn't it it's like yeah. let's change our resonance and then that way we're attracting the angels to be yes. more around us and that's yeah. naturally where we are affiliating to affiliate not affiliate well, you know what I mean? What's that word? Um, affiliating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah, resonating. It, yeah, it, resonating. It absolutely is, Michelle. And I think the um, the uh, I think that I talk about that quite a bit in the guys upstairs. But I also mention this in the Angels of Light book that there were times in my life that I made poor decisions, even though my angels were telling me, you know, that this is what we need you to do. This is what we're advising you to do. So it's also about us being in right alignment, being in balance, so that when we do get the, the their help, when we've asked for their help, we actually are in a position to take the right action to honour it. So mm -hmm. it's much more than just communicating. It is about honouring what our messengers of light are actually trying to help us to achieve. And do you feel like the um, there's a lot of, when, you, when I hear you say actioning, what I'm really getting uh, from what you're saying is that inner um, purpose that we're actually here for, it's it's really getting to that because that really aligns with who we are. So I imagine you're taking people quite deep, not just yes. that surface stuff on, oh, yes, follow through with buying the right milk for myself, which I'm not putting pooing that. That's important. Those everyday decisions are really important and they support us too, but more getting to that place of, what, what, what am I what am I of service for or what am I here for? What, what am I gifts yeah. this life? What am I meant to be doing with them? All those kind of questions. Yeah, absolutely. And we do actually touch on this in the, in the book because that's why it's embrace your truth, you know, angels of light, embrace uh, your truth. It is about um, finding our purpose because we all have that. And, and we all, all come into this world with our, our blueprint and, and our purpose. Um, I do talk about light workers because we all, there's an aspect of, of light work within every single one of us. Some mm -hmm. of us uh, are like yourself, are more exposed to actually in, in light and other light workers. Um, and some are just here in service just to do their little bits, you know, whatever it is, we're all a part of this big matrix and we're all here to fulfill our purpose. And it's only when we go into right alignment and we actually fulfill our purpose, that's when all the right things actually come to us because we're, we're in, in sync with the rest of, of what it, what is, you know, we're, we're, yeah. everything is connected. And, and I think this is a little bit of a phenomena um, in my life, but, but um, what I've experienced with angels, especially my personal, who I see as my, my I guess my advocate, um, Archangel Michael, is, it's, it's all about the next step. So I would, get, I would get information on chunks. Like I know a lot of people go to readers and psychics and they, they want to know. They just want to know what am I meant, where, what's happening, what's going to happen to me. But the thing that really built my relationship with the angelic realm and also my other spirit guides was listening to and taking one step and not having the whole picture yet. And yeah. it was one of those faith-building exercises, but what I found was, in reference to what you were just saying before, is that when I would take that one step, I would, it would always feel like everything was working. You know, it, it, was, it was when I was resisting taking that step that things mm -hmm. tended to not work or flow or I get a block or something wouldn't work right or something would happen. Um, but when I was taking that step, it, it felt like it almost like I was on easy street. I was having a, getting a free ride or something like that. And not to say that sometimes you have to deal with stuff, but it just felt like they got resolved quickly or whatever. And it just felt, sure. does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this, I mean, this is steeped in sort of Eastern philosophy. It's its very much about how we need to be in the moment, because that's the only only way we can create the next step. It's the only way to actually observe what's going on and, and learn in any given moment what's going on and with us at this moment in time so that we can actually take right action. Most people are so far ahead of where they are now that they completely miss the whole point of what's going on around them. Yes. And a lot of that comes from, from uh, being uncomfortable. A lot of people don't like to feel uncomfortable. So if they're in situations and they're 
they're stressed because they need to meet a deadline or they need to, to get somewhere or they need to make something happen, they tend not to see what is actually very, more often than not, very much in front of their eyes, which is helping them with the resolution of that. Um, yes. And that's, 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 it took me many, many years to actually learn about patience and slowing down. And I think that comes from our, our upbringing. You know, we go to school and we, we, we learn how to get through the class. We have to achieve results. We have to get to the end. So therefore we're working towards goals all the time. And because that was part of our upbringing, it's very much rooted in in the you know the left hemisphere of our brain. And when we start to really be in the moment, we're working with both hemispheres. And that comes from practice. That really is about being mindful. People who do meditation or just practice trying to get those two to resonate, then they start to understand it's all about the now, not about the next step. And the other thing is when, when things go wrong, um, I use that term very loosely because wrong is really a judgment, but when things don't seem to work, like for instance, like 10 minutes before we were going on to air and my computer totally shut itself down, um, instead of getting reactive about it and getting all stressed about it, all I did was prayed about it and said, oh, what's this about? And what I got was, oh, it's just because your computer can only cope with something and I was doing a big... As I told you, I was doing a big render of a big video file and it was just not coping and it wasn't going to help our production having that if it was going to flow into mm. flow into what we're doing. So by my computer crashing down, you know, and by me having the left and brain right and everything working, I was yeah. able to see it as a gift, not a, oh, no, what's going wrong? Why doesn't think, no, it's actually trying to help me. And we, we can reframe things quickly to go, this is actually my highest good. My computer yeah. crashing down was great. It was awesome, and things are flowing now. And the and our production and our our conversation, we're not having any glitches. And and mm. and do you find that too? Like people get it more of a holistic view when their yeah. brains are when they're open to their brain, both sides of their brains working properly. Yeah, absolutely. And and I see this, but you know, when I look back at my life, I mean, my 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 upbringing. You know, I I grew up with a father who was completely obsessed with everything being right. You know, was an entrepreneur, very driven. And when things didn't go right, he was a very you know he got, he got incredibly frustrated, very angry. And and I developed that because it was only natural because I learned that behaviour. And many of us are learning our parents' behaviours. That's 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 the natural progression for us. Um, so, you know, it, it is very much about understanding that when things break down, when things are not going right, there's a reason for it. Um, and it took me a long time to, to move away from that anxiety and stress. And once I could see it clearly, it was like a light bulb had gone on. And I thought, hang on a minute, what have I been missing all these years? So it was something that the guys were always trying to teach me. Um, but I wasn't willing to to give into it totally because I felt that was loss of control. So I think for many of us, we feel we lose control, you know, when the computer uh, challenges us or, you know, yeah. someone's late for a meeting or we can't get to where we need to be. We, we beat ourselves up for it or we blame somebody else. There's always judgment that comes into it. And again, that's very much Eastern philosophy that there's judgment, there's, there's things that cause suffering. And things like judgment and fear and, you know, all of these aspects of our, these negative aspects of, of our human condition um, create suffering. When we actually just observe and we look at what's, well, what's going on, what's breaking down, we realize that actually sometimes that breaking down process is because it's trying to create something new and, mm -hmm. and it's from a different perspective. So, it's, yes. you know, it, it can be very liberating when we actually just give into it. So yeah. yeah, and then life becomes so much. Ah, it's. I just find it like, you know, you bounce back. Talk about resilience. You just bounce back, and you just go, "Yep, okay, computer died. Okay, turn it back on." And then the answer drops in. Instead of going, "Why does this always happen?" or whatever. Um, and it's so funny because you, you know, we can say, "Why does this always happen to me?" Um, yeah. A lot of people say that um, and they come from a real victim space. Um, actually, if you take a closer look, maybe something's happening because it's actually trying to guide you in a different direction or what have you. And it's saying, are you sick of it yet? You know, mm. don't you want something different? Or 
um, hey, we're trying to help you like, repeatedly here. Uh, yeah. It's all about, it's all in the reframe. It's all in how we view things. And um, I think my experience with working with angels is they always make complete sense of yeah. why things happen insofar as how everything's trying to help us. That always has been my experience. Um, they always help us to drop into a place of compassion for everybody in the situation. They're not Absolutely. like one-sided. They're not like, oh, I'm here just to support you. I mean, even Archangel Michael, I mean, but he'll always say, yeah, but, you, you know, looking at it from this point of view, you can see that person's struggling and that's why they're behaving that way. It's not about you or you, you get that other compassionate viewpoint of the situation, don't you? Yes, and I think that that's that's what people don't kind of get. They think that 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 the resolution has to be just in themselves. And I think when once people start to realise that actually there's got to be resolution for everybody, and there is a different perspective. You know, we're all looking at the same oak tree. We may all be standing round the same oak tree, but we all see it from a different perspective. I was with somebody last night, and she said, "But I can't see how this woman doesn't see what's going on with this man." and and, and this is the thing, why is it that we have to understand what other people are going through? It's it is not, not for us to judge, it's, it's their That's stuff. And, mm -hmm. and, it's, and, and people always are very uh, uh, you know, judgmental in, in that situation when it's easy for them to see, but that's because it's not their stuff. When yeah. we realize that actually everybody's just doing the best they can, even the people that we think are doing the worst possible you know, atrocities, it's, it's just, a case of they're doing the best they can so if i step back from this what are, what is the lesson in it for me there's always it's always resolution at the, at the highest level there is and can i ask i know it's leapfrogging a little bit but i am i keep getting this message and maybe maybe it's something you've pondered maybe it's not something you've pondered maybe it's just an offering for you i'm happy either way okay. but i know what you said was when you were talking about your your three-part series mm -hmm about the Angels of Light series that you're doing. Um, your first book is on um, Embrace Your Truth, is that? It's it's Angels of Light, Embrace Your Truth. The second one is is on Wealth, the third relationships, yeah. Oh, the third so on relationships. Yeah, so it would be, um, I don't know which order we're doing it in, but it's Angels of Light, Angels of Wealth, Angels of, of Love. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I'll, what I was seeing um, was, that um, it would be interesting to address this topic in relation to um, an angelic point of view in relation to what you were just talking about. Like, you know, even people that we perceive, and I'm sure you'll go there, but like there are lots of people um, who are committed to life in prison that, you know, that, um, you know, you see people still hold a grudge for or what have you. and. Gee, gee whiz, there's lots of work there that, as a society, I feel um, we could we can bring light to. There's a lot, yeah. and I I just think uh, it gets me a little bit excited um, and also a little bit nervous at the same time. I guess because it's really, you know, you, you know, <laughs> it's 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 one of those areas where not a lot of people have enlightened points of view about um, yeah. when it comes to people who have done atrocities. Yeah, and yeah. I feel it would be good. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'll do more work in that area myself. So hence, um, yeah, just wanting to mention that to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's why people are surprised when I said that the the reason how I survived, I mean, that's, you know, I write about it in, in the guys upstairs, but the reason how I survived my childhood is that I learned to love my violators. And people are, are, are quite judgmental about that sometimes they say well how can you possibly do that isn't that weakness actually no I I, I realized later on that actually that was my strength because um when 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 you learn to love somebody you know don't love them because you're trying to survive you're learning you're, you love them because you're trying to understand and you're yes. trying to be compassionate and that's that disconnects you but also it gives them something even if it doesn't touch them at that time I know that that would have, at some stage, would have touched them, and that yeah. that was my job done. Um, and I've done that through my life. It's sometimes not at the time, you know, when you're actually going through a very, very difficult situation with someone who's trying to hurt you. 
Um, you know, it's very difficult to love that person, and I can understand that. However, um, you know, you can find a way to have that compassion, find that love for them at some level, because at the end of the day, we all came into this world as as, as beautiful, unconditional, loving bundles of joy. You know, we didn't come into this world to hurt anybody. Um, it was experience and circumstances that, you know, get, get made them the way they are. And, and that's, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. And we can't see why they had to go through that experience. That's for them anyway. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, amazed. My daughter's fascinated with, with, um, you know, criminology and, and the, uh, you know, the aspects of the criminal mind. Um, and she has a lot of compassion for that. And she wants to work with people in prison to understand. Um, and there are people who in inspire people whilst they're in prison. And I, it, it does make, make you wonder, you know, what is it, what is it that that we're trying to learn as a society when we look at that? And I think that that's they're trying to teach us about the darkest aspects of ourselves. So I you agree, know, that's how and, I see it. and and I'm so glad to hear that because I kept getting a repeated message about mentioning prison. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm so glad I mentioned it now because you know, and and my family as well. We we all we all have so so much dialogue around the subject, and um, you know, I I, I do feel that that you know people who are serious about um walking forward in in enlightened society um yeah. won't shy away from these kind of topics um no, and they will no, be talking no. about them from this vantage point um yeah. you know it isn't it isn't uh it isn't an easy uh topic to to dissect or or what have you but but I think at the same time, when I look at things on an individual basis and on a soul contract level as to why people choose to do what they do, I feel like that in itself can help people to liberate their judgments, yes. be liberated yeah. from their resentment, their hatred, their unforgiveness, their, their uh, fear, their mm. closed hearts that are creating more pain for them yeah. than then they could it they could be freed from all of that and yeah. actually grow their soul and their spirit to the next level and yeah. sometimes it requires uh, that we've lost someone close to us through a tragedy or a, a vicious circumstance um, because that person who passed away it's it's almost like their sacrifice to teach us that lesson of that level of love yeah. and and I think that, that there's so much that we can talk about in relation to this and um, I'm yeah. yes I said I don't want to harp on about it but I'm I'm really excited about what your books are going to bring forth I really feel yeah. that there's a lot you can cover that will be quite powerful actually I'm really pleased that you brought this subject up because uh, many years ago I was invited to go and give a talk in a in a closed prison and an open prison I'd never been in, in a prison and, and to be fair I was quite nervous at the time I was you know it was in the early stages of my work but um, uh, th th there was a best-selling author and she wanted me to go and talk about the power of the mind to inspire these men um, in the open prison it was you know it was quite relaxed I was I was quite nervous but actually I was very surprised at how they embraced everything I spoke about um, and I did feel there was a lot of hope there. I did feel that these men genuinely, there's about 30 guys in a, in a class. Um, and I did feel that they, they genuinely um, w listened and wanted to, to understand about, you know, what it was that they needed to do before they went through that transition and coming, coming out again. Um, but I actually realized that I was observing that. I went in with so many judgments. I went in with fear. I went in with those, you know, those standard, th you know, thoughts in my head, which was, you know, what if someone tries to attack me, and you know, why are they in there in the first place, etc. It was when I went to the closed prison, and there was a much more, um, um, uh, there was a much darker sort of feel to the place, because, and it wasn't. It was just the system. It wasn't the men themselves. But I realised there was this, this desperation for them to under me for me to understand them they needed me to understand not for me to preach to them and actually it was much more relaxed we just talked we didn't I didn't you know do any sort of you know enlightened sermon I just realized that actually they just wanted communication and I had to be I was the observer I was the person that listened in that and, I, and they taught me a lot 
So I yeah. think that that's it. It's not not what they've done. It's about mm. how we judge them for what they've done. And we're yeah. the ones who are actually imprisoned in that because it's <laughs> we carry that around with us. They, they've yeah. done it. They, 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 you know, it's it's their stuff for them to sort out. But we're the ones that carry that. Exactly. And I think our like, if you look at re rehabilitation as someone that has to own what they've done, um, in order to, like you would know, being an empath, in order to find what we've done and take responsibility for what we've done. Sometimes we've got to remove the shackles of everybody else's stuff that we're carrying. And if we look at that from the position of the prisoner and where our judgments are creating shackles on them, they can't even find what they're responsible for if we've got all this junk that we're throwing at them. Yeah. If we look at it like that as well, that's powerful. We become part of the rehabilitation. Yeah. We become part of the actual system, create creating a system uh, that is, um, I think, more genuine in rehabilitation because yeah. they're actually able to. They can't. They can't heal what they can't feel. They can't take responsibility what they don't actually what hasn't hit them yet. Um, exactly. You know what I mean. So it's yeah, all absolutely. like petty, just petty. Like oh yeah, I shouldn't do that. You know, but. Yeah. There's no like connection from their heart space yet. So yeah. I think yeah. that's our responsibility. I really do. I think we have a responsibility to stop judging. Sure. And I, I, I do feel that the system is antiquated. You know, it, we incarcerate them and think that if they do their time, eventually time will help them to see the error of their ways. Um, mm -hmm. You know, well, well, we're all, you know, that. what about the rest of us when we're free and we're creating errors all the time? Um, you know why why is it that we have you know um the freedom to be able to make the decision about when we want to change it's it it, it doesn't matter it's 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 inconsequential it's not going to change the way they are what changes them is when they're accepted for what they've done and then helped and and given that that space and say and and, and compassion and say right okay are you prepared to do you want to you know ask the questions and when they say yes then they're ready but they, mm -hmm. I think they need a very different approach. I think they need understanding, compassion and, and empathy as opposed to that, you know, that sort of pragmatic, you know, this is the, this is the way you've got to do it. You've got to sort of, you know, um, be repentant and mm -hmm. and um, it's all about forgiveness. You know, that it's, it's, it's down to them when they forgive themselves for what yeah. they've done. And we, yeah. we can't be a part of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so, like fascinated that your daughter's into it and that my kids and we're all yeah. you know it's kind of interesting Amanda you know that yeah. we similarities there and um it doesn't surprise me though now having this dialogue with you um and and I just feel like it's a big message and I'm sure that we'll grow our message I'm sure um because the you know I worked for child safety for five years I was meant to be steeped in that low level vibrational frequency amongst um, you know, people that I had to step out of judgment with who were right in front of my face. Um, and I had that, like that was uh, five years of my life that Spirit had said to me, after all that I'd learned, we want you to go into this this system and we want you to maintain your light vibration. And I, I it was a test for me, but I, I think I, I did really well. I feel I did really well. And I, I, I wrote a few books while I was in that, crisis I, I, I wrote two three four five six seven i wrote seven books wow. while i was there and they were all me channeling and i would i would literally have my lunch break and i would channel for half an hour and come back like to yeah. keep my vibration um strong and i did you learn to to do two things you learn to stop judging the darkness otherwise it brings your lot your vibration down and you learn to focus on what you need to focus on, which is what your first book is about, which is embracing your truth. And if you don't do that, your your vibration will diminish yes. because you need to stay on track. I always say that to my husband. What what's next? Who knows? But it will be it will definitely be soul growth, and um, you know that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and also, it means that I don't have to worry about being put in a, me putting myself in a prison like in a box um yeah. you know the growth is 
where wherever it goes exactly and again it's one of those um one of those conditions that uh, humans have which is expectation that's another one that actually leads to suffering you know when we're open uh, all we need to do is as you know is uh, to keep ourselves aligned is to to create discipline in our life to actually make sure that our vibration is kept high so you know you can't just sort of you know what it's like if you want to build a fit body you know you can't go to the gym for six weeks and then sit on the couch for, for another three months and just expect to just stay in shape and and, and stay healthy you've got to keep putting the work in and that's what you do as a light worker that's what we do to keep our vibration high um but we we also have to let go of any expectation we can't think that everything's going to be love light and twinkles you know when we're doing our purpose when we're living our truth we tend to go into the darkest recesses of life because we're we're there as a conduit of light we're there to shine light in some way even if it's just speaking to somebody in the street that changes their life we don't know that the expectation is sometimes that we we we're, we're doing good so that we feel ah oh, great i've achieved something it's not about that it's also it's very much about the um the letting go of the expectation knowing that whatever we're here for is for our soul's growth and that of everybody else so you yes. kind of it kind of lends us that um you know that that freeness when we know that hey you know whatever's going to happen is going to happen but as long as we keep that discipline and keep on keeping our vibration high then we're we're on track to receive whatever we need to receive yeah i love that that's beautiful and it's so true it is so true everyone if you're wondering what you're meant to be doing and you're thinking I should know and all those kind of things just you don't you can let yourself off the hook I, yeah. I don't even know I don't I don't <laughs> even know what my, yeah I mean hey who knows because the thing is is that when you when you turn up in faith and you do that scare um you feel you feel soul growth usually it, it involves some level of creativity from that because you're not stressing out and in your head you're more connected to your heart so there's sure. more creativity that you bring to it and also it takes the stress out of your life because you feel like I'm not um, weighed under the heavy burden of those expectations that you mentioned mm. before you know mm. you're not I'm, I'm just turning up hey I'm, I'm just turning up I've, I've been given my, my my orders so to speak and I'm, I'm turning up and then I can relax and actually enjoy it and I'm going to mm. invite everybody to do that and um, you know with with um, Amanda's book in, um, which she's focusing on uh, that's coming out in, in December and it's about angel of light but it's also focused on embracing your truth. I just want to invite everybody watching this to step into, just be open to the very next step. Don't worry about five steps ahead, just the next step. Keep it simple, reduce the expectations and then just follow up and know that by turning up, you're loving yourself. It's, it's a self-love thing. It's a self-love thing by turning up, isn't it? Not a oh, you know, I don't want to follow authority, I'm going to rebel. It's actually a loving thing to do for yourself. Yeah. It's something that I've, I've uh, you know, recognised as well is that when you... Um, when you're aware of your thoughts and and how you speak to yourself and others, um, you've got to remember that whatever you're putting out there is going to end up in either grace, love, compassion, or it's going to end up in suffering and pain. So if you are self-critical or you are critical of others, judgmental of others, or using any other lower level vibrations, emotional vibrations, then you're going to suffer the consequences. So when we take that responsibility to be kind to ourselves, loving to ourselves, to create that right discipline for ourselves, and as you say, just take that next step as opposed to trying to be five steps ahead or compete with other people, it, it really is liberating, not just for ourselves, but it also connects us to our people, to our tribe, to the people that matter to us, to the people we're supposed to be with, and it attracts everything that we need. So it's, it's you know, it's far more than just, um, you know, being at peace with ourselves. It's actually making sure that we are, um, you know, honoring what we're here for so that, you know, we're doing our little bit to leave that, that sort of that footprint so that we've actually created some good while we've been here on this earth. So, you oh, know, I it love that. it's incredibly humbling. I love that little footprint. That's a beautiful... Um, it is, uh, a little baby footprint. I love that. And so people to contact you and to stay in touch, 
I'm just going to pop up on the screen your um, your website. So it's Amanda. Oops, Amanda. Is it, yeah, it's amanda-heart.co.uk. And you'll find out. So what I'm doing is I'm updating all the time, um, you know, the progress. So we're, we're changing the website as we as we go along. It's, uh, you know, it will tell them, tell people about the, there's a newsletter as well. So we have a newsletter, free newsletter, so people can keep updated with that or just look at the website to see what, you know, when the books are coming out. Perfect. Oh, I look forward yeah. to seeing all of that. And and um, uh, hopefully we can have Lightworker Advocate magazine, uh, video magazine review um, your oh, book. So yeah. that would be lovely. Um, so great. aligned with our, I love that it's, that you mentioned discipline because, uh, geez, that's one of our principles of the 12 Everyday Lightworker principles. And seriously, we do need to have that consistency. We do need to have that. In order to communicate with yeah. our angels, we need to be consistent. And putting that love in, I, I like to say discipline is not a punishment. It's actually mm. a self-love activity. Absolutely. When you put that discipline in, you know, it is fabulous and you feel fabulous and you feel more loved it's the truth who yeah. doesn't feel more loved when they actually put those steps into action we love we, we we actually feel loved don't we yes we do and i think that really you know we feed ourselves with food we see, feed ourselves with beverages but we don't feed our soul enough um and the more that we're getting involved in in you know this this uh, you know embracing of technology and uh, speeding up of our lives the more we're going to need the, the 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 discipline to counterbalance that so yeah. um you know it, and and discipline is not just about going to the gym it it really is about uh, you know your mantra what whatever it is for you to connect on a soul level and that has to be very unique to you it's no good looking at all the videos and seeing what sort of kind of the, is the latest yoga and and going to the, the best classes it really is about you know it might be the fact that you need to just have a yoga mat in your bedroom so in the morning you do that private you know it one-on-one -on -one yoga on your mat and and that's your mantra it really yeah. is a very private and personal thing sometimes you can do it in a group but more often than not it tends to be that we need to do this in our own space i think a lot of people shy away from being on their own yes i agree with you and and finding our way like finding what works for us on every level and honoring that and, and engaging yeah. with our angels and, and our spiritual helpers to help us find our way and not feel guilty yeah. and not compare ourselves to other people and just say, actually, this is my way. You know, I can't be jumping up and down. My ankles just can't take it. This is my way. I need to be doing this and this is loving for me. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really curious because before you started talking about this, I was feeling into asking you, can you can you can you share personally what it's like now, like after your operation and having yeah. everything done, and what's life like physically? What what's going on for you? I'm really okay. curious. Um, so so in November, when, you know, when I had the kidney out, it, I, I, there was immediate relief. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Poison removed, um, and but I still had a lot of symptoms in the body. And what had been masked by the kidney was what I've just been diagnosed with, which is osteoarthritis. It, it just so happens that um, I, uh, because of the, you know, I suppose the frustration of having to go through the medical, you know, um, uh, system uh, for four years and not finding the right diagnosis. Um, my fiance uh, for my birthday um, brought me some private medical insurance and I damaged my knee when we were moving. Now, this is what I'm talking about with breakdown. Sometimes when we step back, we say, oh, my gosh, this is the breakthrough. I damaged yeah. my knee kneeling on a marble floor and it didn't heal. And I was very frustrated. You know, I've come out of hospital and I threw myself straight back into my yoga classes. I was doing five cl classes a week, but I was damaging myself and I couldn't understand why. And I was referred to the private hospital and I just happened to go to a professor, a, a doctor who's doing a pilot study. And he said it was a hundred to one chance that you walked into my my uh, surgery today because I'm doing a pilot study with a yogi. And we have found a solution that is curing 97 percent of women from chronic arthritic problems. You have. So he said that I've got osteoarthritis because I've inherited it from my mum 
I inherited the the failing kidney, for, <clears throat> excuse me, from my mum as well. I'd got rid of that, and then he said to me, "Right, I'm going to put you in this pilot scheme. I'm I'm in currently in the in the middle of this pilot scheme. I've only done done three sessions, and and what this woman is teaching me is about me doing whatever I need to do to tell my body I can let go of all this trauma. So the trauma is stuck in 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 all the bones and the and the muscles now." Yep. So the kidney couldn't yep. filter all that stuff. So it got rid of the poison. So that's done. And now what I do is I actually, uh, through body movement, I chant. Um, and I'm chanting a, a mantra, which is in Hindi. And it is about protection and be, I'm, I'm, be, I'm being freed. And I'm telling my body as I'm moving. And already in three sessions, I felt incredible changes. So um I feel very privileged to be part of this. And they're, they're, you know, not only are they lecturing about this, going around to universities, but she is advising government about this. And he said, this is how we're going to change the, the medical profession by telling, showing them the evidence of using the holistic approach, which is we need to incorporate the mind, body and spirit. And this is, this is quite revolutionary. This is, you know, this is people yeah. who are top consultants now advising government about you know the, the what we need to do if we're ever going to to rescue this you know the, this um you know dinosaur of a, a system wow i'm so, so glad i asked the question now <laughs> yeah and it's fun it's just amazing because you know the book That's is you know, angels of light is all about healing and i'm actually going through this and by the time this actually comes out, I will i will be fully functioning again but i won't go back into exercise with the same viewpoint I won't go back into my life with the same viewpoint because I would have changed so yeah. I'm quite intrigued to see you know what I'm going to be like in in yeah. two three months so yeah. it's lovely when that change is going on and and it, it feels like you're like you're well I'd like to say this to everybody actually because because you've been following what you needed to do you like the doctor said it's one in a hundred that you walked in here you yeah. attracted the, you yes. actually attracted not yeah. only the medical but the holistic solution yeah. to an underlying issue that really wanted to be dealt with because sometimes we think oh what am i doing wrong my kidney or my me or my mm. whatever whatever my fibromyalgia, but what our body is trying to say is we we want you to pay attention. We want this to be found. It is ready to leave now. Help us help it go. And it feels to me like all that's happened for you. Like this past year has just been a big thing of let's help. Let's let's get this whole thing healed. And yeah. you've attracted all these amazing things. I mean, one might not think an emergency operation is amazing, but probably put you to the front of the queue. Um, yes. you know, at some point, and it did. So, in that respect, it's like, yay! <laughs> it, it's amazing how when you it's only in force, you know, in hindsight that you can actually look back and say, ah, oh, I get it now. That's why I was writing the book, and all of this was going to be part of it. So, you know, it wasn't just about writing this book. I mean, the guys upstairs changed me, but this first book changed me. Um, and and I, uh, I I I kind of think that this was the most powerful because I, I guess the guys upstairs brought it all to the surface, ready to be, you know, healed. And the Angels of Light was the book that says, right, the healing is here now. You're you know you're going to go through that. So, and I really truly, but and and that's how I know it's going to have an impact on people because the guys upstairs had a massive impact because. Um, when you really live and breathe that book, when you actually live that creativity like yourself, um, people feel that and they resonate with that and they actually there's, has more impact on that person. And that's what real light work is about. When you really authentically live your purpose, you don't have to worry about whether you're going to get the clients or the, you know, get the book, um, you know, bought or, or whatever it is that you, you do. You just have to know that you just turn up and and uh, you know the right people will be connected with it at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And 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 to trust that I think is a really important part of our own spiritual expansion. Um, sure. You know, also I want to you know say to anybody watching who's in the spiritual industries is that you know level of uh, stepping into knowing that and trusting that and really believing that um, is all about 
you stepping into a mature part of your spirituality because uh, competition is really a symptom of you needing to transform your vibration. Yeah. Not, you know, that's what it's about, it's an old paradigm, but it's still, yeah. we need, a lot of us need to dust that off and, and take a look at it, I think, especially in the yeah. spiritual industry. And if any of you need to get in touch with Amanda, I just pop your um, email up on the screen to Amanda. So it's info at amanda-heart.co.uk. Um, they can contact you through that one. That's a good one. Fantastic. And um, I look forward to seeing more of uh, everything unfold for you. And, Thank oh, my you. goodness, I mean, it's perfect timing really having this conversation. I, I just look at it and go, wow, what a journey you've been through since the last time we spoke. And I had so many questions and I hadn't had time to sort of follow everything that was going on. Yeah. And I just think it all makes sense. And I know for me, like when I was walking through doing all those seven books, working in child safety, and everything that happened to me was at, on that journey was something relevant that I needed to put an example in the book about or whatever. And it just feels like, wow, this is really, I know it's more, there's more and, and, there's, and there's heaps, I can feel that there's heaps of wonderful things that will unfold for more fodder fodder for your books um but i also feel like it's an incredible personal uh journey that that will really engage and connect your readers as well because they can really feel your story i can feel it as you're talking to to me and i i can only imagine what it's going to be like for them reading it in in detail yeah it's 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 been wonderful and i think that the fact that Orion really believed in this series, they wanted it. It was actually something that they wanted, but they wanted the right yeah. person to write it. And um, it took me a long time to adjust to that because I didn't know whether I would be able to fulfill that obligation. I, I, I kind of saw it from a writer's perspective instead of actually they've asked for me because this is the right thing. I'm, I'm, I'm right to write this now. I had no idea. Now looking back again in hindsight, I realized that actually they had no idea I was going to go through this experience. I didn't have any idea I was going to go through this experience, but the guys upstairs did know that. So now looking yeah. back, I, I realise, ah, okay, I get this. So we do, yeah. you know, so, we, we can't help it. It's, it's, it's human nature. We look at things and we think, oh, what if I don't do this right? And what if, you know, what about the competition? And it's, it, if we're meant to do it, it's just going to work. Exactly. I love that. On that note, we'll, We'll end our conversation. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Enlightened Conversations. If you'd like to purchase um, it, the guys upstairs, it's available now, so you can purchase that one. Um, and uh, if you'd like to take keep your eyes open for Angels of Light, Embrace Your Truth is the first one in the series. So this is coming this Christmas. Um, and um, thank you very much again for joining us, that delightful Amanda Hart. Oh, bless you. It's been a pleasure. I love talking to you, Michelle. Have a lovely rest of your day, won't you? Thank you. You too. Lots of love. Bye, everyone. Thank you, darling. Bye. Bye.